Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yavis Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors came back on the Charlotte Hornets. That's right. Even in Summer League, the Raptors show no quit, okay? Even though the games don't matter, even though the Raptors shot like, I don't know, 5 for 100 from 3, uh, <laughs> they didn't want to give up on this game. And the Hornets had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter because they were able to make outside shots, which is something the Raptors just couldn't do. Which, uh, if I'm going to have to guess, will be a preview for this upcoming season. Um, but, you know, the Raptors were able to um, steal in this game with a 14-2 to comeback. I have to say, even for Summer League, it was an outrageous game-winning play where the Hornets were up two. The Raptors get a stop. Scotty is ahead of the pack, hit a head pass to Scotty, I think from Malachi. Scotty gets him in for a breakaway dunk. Game is tied at 79 all. Hornets have possession of the ball, I think 18 seconds left or something like that. For some reason, the Hornets guy, just I forgot which player, was just inbounding the ball, absentmindedly just flips the ball into play and literally directly into Delano Benton's hands. It made no sense. It is one of the most hilarious plays I've ever seen. If you remember that play earlier um, this season... Where Kevin Love got really disgusted and he just flipped the ball in, in bounds and I think it went right to Stanley and then Stanley gave it right to Malachi for a three right at the end of the third quarter and then Kevin Love got benched and Kevin Love had to apologize. Um, it was like that, but even worse because at least Kevin Kevin Love was just you know acting out of frustration. I don't even understand what was happening here. This is acting out of confusion at this point. This is basically the Pokemon equivalent of when you hit them with a confused ray. And they hit themselves out of confusion. That's exactly what happened to the Hornets. They literally just gave the ball to Delano Ben. Delano obviously collects the ball, goes in for the layup. The guy inbounding has to foul. At least he's in good position to foul, considering he's inbounding the ball right under the basket. So he's right at the hoop. So he's able to get the foul. Um, Delano gets to the line. First free throw he misses. Second free throw he hits. The Hornets have the ball back. They call timeout. They drop a play. Of course, they're going to go to their man, James Booknight, seventh overall pick. Or, uh, what what pick was he? Well, lottery pick, essentially, right? But, like, lottery pick, you give him the ball. 
see what he can do. And honestly, there were some moments in this game where he did, you know, hit some deep jumpers. Uh, he, he was covered for the most part by Malachi Flynn. And Malachi's a good defender, as we know. So he played a lot of, uh, put a lot of pressure on him, but Book Knight was able to hit a couple of shots. So they give the ball to Book Knight. The, the first play they try to run, the first action didn't fully work out. Uh, they didn't really get Book Knight the ball, but Book Knight's able to cycle back from the baseline, come up top, receive the ball. And at this point, he has a switch against Precious Achua. And, you know, he tries to attack Precious. Um, you know, Book Knight is like 6'3", 6'4", Precious 6'9". So there is a mismatch, and he's trying to shake Precious. But Precious is with him every single step of the way, keeping him in front. This is 30 feet from the hoop. Precious is right in his jersey. And eventually, Book Knight almost lost the ball, trying to go behind the back. Precious almost gets the steal. Uh, and Book Knight has to give up the Brock. You know, it just so happens that the Hornets had a guy coming in there, catching the ball, and on one sort of fell swoop, caught the ball, attacked downhill. Scotty was um, a little jumpy on the play, allowed the blow-by to happen, but the Raptors were able to at least foul him at the basket. Replay, you know, they challenged the play, which, of course, why would you not challenge the play? But you challenged the play, and um, the replays, I don't, I didn't see any actual contact. It looked like a really good play where Precious was able to get from the position where he was 30 feet above the uh, from the hoop on the wing guarding Book Knight, he's able to recover all the way back to the paint and make a play on the ball to at least stop the layup and force the free throws, which is a good thing because even after review, ref still called it okay to two free throws. Um, and the Hornets, uh, you know, went to the line, he missed both the classic case of ball don't lie, Precious gets the rebound, and the game is over at that point. Uh, but it, it was just a really, really fun game on, t- you know, on a number of um, fronts. I think the first front is we have been so hyped for Scotty Barnes, right? Like, obviously, this whole past season, you know, you, you tank, you, you get the fourth pick. Uh, you're, you're moving the lottery, you get the fourth pick. You know, there's discussions about this is a top four draft, this top four draft, something I I was saying as well. But then there comes time to draft, the Raptors draft Scotty Barnes. And, you know, there was, a, there was a little skepticism, maybe just because of the pre-draft coverage. But clearly, you could see what the Raptors' vision was. And then you're coming into Summer League, that first game, Scotty was, I mean, 18-10-4-2-3. Scott gives you, like, an Andre Karolenko line. Like, okay, wow, that was very cool. But then the last two games from Scotty in Summer League, two field goal attempts, or two field goals made in each of the last two games, felt a little, um, I don't know, this uh, unsatisfying? I don't know. It's like when you're starving for a long time and then they serve you like, you know, a salad and a soup. I'm like, you know, you know, get to the point, right? And this is, in, in that analogy, I guess this is like the the, the, the meat and the potatoes of, of this, of what the Raptors were drafting with the fourth pick because we saw Scotty, you know, what he did in the second half of this game is about as impressive as I've seen from any of the other prospects in this draft so far. And of course it should be. I mean, he was the fourth pick. He obviously, clearly the Raptors thought he was one of the, at least one of the four best prospects. Um, but, oh my God. The plays that Scotty was making in the second half, uh, it, it was it was so impressive. And the fact that he was stringing these in a row, made the, the viewing experience watching it live, you know, when you can watch it back on the highlight tape, you know, it looks cool, right? But you, you kind of feel like, okay, they're stitching on their only his good plays. I'm telling you, that wasn't even... It, it was like... It was a highlight reel, but it was being played out in real time. Like, he would... Make a great offensive play, then he'll make a great defensive play, then he'll come back and make a great offensive play, then come back and make a great defensive play. It was sheer dominance. It was sheer dominance. It was the kind of freakish dominance, which is sort of the potential you get with Scotty, considering the fact that when you watch him play, especially against a Hornets team that was a little bit smaller, I mean, he was just straight up bigger than almost every Hornets player out there. I don't know. It was 
on that front, it's it's terrifying because he's he's six nine, but he's jacked. He's his arms like you know covered like sideline to sideline. Uh, that alone is he just he's physically imposing already, right? But then he started putting it together because offensively, what we've seen the pattern with Scotty is he starts a little bit slow. You know, not as involved, making the right plays. You know, I mean, he had at least three really good passes to uh, Freddie Gillespie, who who somehow airballed all of them. The last one where he he, he found Scotty on a Scotty found a Freddie on a baseline driving dish, and Scotty and it was to be honest, Scotty could have taken him for a layup, but he made the more unselfish and the right play to dump it off to his center. There, Freddie is in the dunker spot, and from three feet away, he shot the ball six feet. So it, it didn't. It was one of those performances where Scotty had to sort of take the the game into his own hands, and it looked great. <laughs> it looked so good. He made a play where he missed a three from one wing, got the rebound in the middle of the paint, beat everyone to that rebound, dribbled across to the other side of the floor, got to the baseline, and then shot a turnaround jumper from the baseline, fading away from like twelve feet. I mean, that was that was already very good. Um, then he had a play. It was a he was guarding two players. He was guarding uh, the player at the top of the floor. He was just trying to make a pass to the wing. But then Scotty, with his freakish length, was able to reach in there, intercept the pass, break up the play, going for a transition score there. That was phenomenal. Um, you know, he he went to the post. He got a little baby hook to drop. That was nice to see. Um, you know, the Raptors started giving him the ball in terms of coming up in transition. They would get a screen. And uh, normally he would, um, you know, he, he would give up the ball, I guess, in, in a lot of these dribble handoff sequences uh, or, you know, where a guard comes up top. But this time he keeps the ball, goes to the rim, gets in for a layup. He's in transition, gets in for a couple more baskets. Uh, it, it was just, and you know, the Raptors were down for for a large portion of this game because they couldn't really shoot. And the Hornets did catch fire from three for a while there. Um, they do seem to have a couple of really good shooters over there, but the Raptors just kept coming, and I think it was it was Scotty leading that charge. He blocked a three pointer. Like this is what I mean. Like he he can pretty much do whatever on the floor. There's like a there's like a physical component to his game that is super rare. Uh, he can dominate the game on a physical front, and and basically what I mean by that is he can kind of you know almost imposes will so like he's so quick on the perimeter he'll just like body up on guys guards and you, you don't really want to body up on a guard especially if you're bigger than the other guy because the guards usually quicker they usually have good handles they turn the corner on you all of a sudden you're you're compromised you have to guard from you know chasing from behind you know someone's gonna have to come over and help you know most guys at 6'9 240 don't do that but he's he's really you know pressuring up on these guys as if he was Fred Bleat basically digging underneath and sort of putting his chest into guys, his arms are so long, he's coming up with like, I mean, his defensive stats for this whole entire uh, summer league um, must be nuts because it, it, it's it's like every game, you just expect him to have two blocks. Like the other game, he had five blocks, he blocked three jumpers. Today, he had to block three again. I mean, it, it's just guys just trying to take him one-on-one and they're like, okay, I can't really get around this guy even though he's bigger than me. He's, he, he's too strong. He's like muscling me up so I can't even drive past him. Um, so I'm gonna have to, you know, step back for a jumper. But his arms are so long; he's blocking the jumper. Like it, it's, I mean, you know, it's exciting to watch. What can I say? Um, but I think more than anything else, though, it's just really fun seeing the competitiveness in Scotty's game too. Because you can even tell, man, when he was on the bench, he's clapping, he's encouraging, like, and and you know that kind of gets thrown around. But like, you can just tell he's engaged in this game in a way that like a lot of people in summer league clearly don't care. 
stakes are not really high, right? We're not here to win summer league championships. Like as Masai would say, summer league for what, right? But I don't know, man. Scotty is just competitive. Like he just wanted to win this whole time. You know, he made he was on the start of the fourth quarter, made a huge push to sort of eat into the lead. Then he goes to the bench for about a minute, and then comes right back into the game, is contributing right away, and um, man, it's, it's just fun watching him. It was, it was so much fun watching him. He had um, his best game of summer league. This is better than the, the the game against the the Knicks. The Knicks game, he hit a couple of jumpers, which was cool. The mid range jumper, the top three, but like. Uh, you know, I, I think that's clearly not the main component of this game. Scotty did hit one three today, uh, but the main component is he gets downhill, he drives, he attacks, and then he also guards every position, which is, you know, pretty pretty fun. Like you could really see the vision of what this man is, and he has that right attitude as well. Um, and um, you know, it was it was cool talking with uh, head coach uh, Patrick Dumble the last two games as well, because after last game, I sort of asked him like, hey, how do you get Scotty more involved? In the offense, he said, you know, very transparently, you know, it's it's partially on me, it's partially on Scotty, but it's also partially on me as the coach. I got to find situations and, and sort of, you know, make that more of an emphasis because you do want to see the offensive game. And today, you saw the trend, you know, how that translated onto the floor. It's a, it was an actionable item for the coach where he, you know, Scotty leads the team in field goal attempts with 18. Um, especially in the second half, it felt like every possession was flowing through Scotty. And rightfully so, his teammates were looking for him, right? Because sometimes, you know, in summer league, guys are looking for their own shot, trying to look for their own plays. I mean, Scotty was in such a zone, people just had to pass the ball to Scotty. You know what you want to do? Probably get an assist. And you get an assist by passing to Scotty. Um, but, you know, as, as, as I asked, you know, Coach Matumbo, like, hey, what was the difference today in this game? You know, he explained that he put Scotty in, in, on the, on, in the post, he gave Scotty the ball. In transition, he gave, he 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 allowed Scotty to be the screener in the play, which hasn't happened as much. I mean, the Raptors generally usually have all their forward screen anyway, but it's sort of like the you know like a weaving play, like something. I mean, it's not really a screen in the way that you would come for the screen and then you would be like the main set action on the pick and roll at the top. Like you know, they kind of like shuffle the ball from side to side and stuff like that. that. Doesn't fully count as a screen. It's more like a dribble handoff. We don't really have that much intent, but. You, you bring Scotty into the play, you let him screen, you let him slip out, you see what the defense, you know, reacts to that. Um, it, it was, you know, a much more successful performance. And I think that's just good coaching on the front of um, Patrick McTumble because one thing he also said was, Scotty's so versatile that you kind of have to learn how to use him. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where he, he can legit, you can run a number of different plays for him. Um, but you know, this is literally only the fourth game he's, he's had with the, with, with the team, you know, the, obviously the situation's changed game to game in terms of who's been available or not. Like obviously pressures coming in has been a huge boost, but, um, yeah, man, Scotty has been, uh, was really fun tonight. And again, I really, really would implore everybody to go watch the Scotty Barnes highlights. It's not really going to tell the full story of how he played in this game, but it was very good. And this is exactly the kind of thing that you would be like, all right, I can see why Raptors took him fourth overall. Because there were some real... Because it's not really about the, the big box score numbers. Like, you're not really coming to Summer League, you know, and trying to show off your, your, your fourth pick and trying to validate it with his box score numbers. Like, we don't need to have a referendum after every game of like, oh, was it a mistake? Should they have taken Osug? Should they have taken Kaminga or whatever? These guys are like, oh, these guys look good. Like, you know, you know, whatever, right? Barnes is doing this and that. It's really just about like, <laughs> you, you you see, the you almost are only here to evaluate the flashes. And the flashes with Scotty have, have been really good. There have been a number of standout defensive plays. And today, you, you're seeing standout 
offensive and defensive plays. And an often defensive plays that directly lead to offensive plays, which is exactly what the Raptors want to do. Now, I think another guy that was really good in this game was Precious Achua. Uh, he's been really solid in all three of the games that he's played with the Raptors here. Um, and, and today, I mean, 18 points for Precious. But really, it was it, it was the... It was the force in which he attacks the basket every single time. I mean, like, he had another highlight dunk, a poster dunk. You know, he dunked on the guy, pointed at him, sort of like um, the Sean Kemp dunk, you know, from way back in the day. You know, you know, you know the one, if you know the one. The one where he crouches and he points at the guy. Uh, you know, miniature version of that. <laughs> and maybe different, you know, um, stakes as well, considering this is Summer League. But, yeah, Precious just is going to body people, man. It's actually really fun watching both Scotty and Precious body people. I think that actually, as a front court pairing, especially, um, you know, considering they're probably going to be the front court pairing for the Raptors' second unit, like, those guys are just going to try to body people and put people on posters and be real physical to play against, draw fouls because they're, they're so big and athletic. Uh, and they're mean. They're, like, legitimately mean. Like, And what I mean by that is, so Precious goes in for a drive late in the game. You know, uh, there's a play of the basket. Defenders tries to come over. Precious ends up accidentally elbowing him in the face. Okay, but the foul was called on the defender. The, to be fair, the, it was a play where both guys fouled each other. Precious kind of put the elbow, and the defender, you know, just ran straight through Precious trying to block the dunk. I think Precious made the play anyway. It was, a, it was an and one opportunity or something like that. But the defender stays down. Then he gets mad. The defender is then like complaining to the ref. You know, you can tell why. I mean, he got elbowed in the face, no call, and fouls on him uh, instead. And um, and and he gets a tech, and then while the guy's still complaining, Scotty comes over and starts clapping in his face. Like that's the kind of rudeness I would really enjoy from your forwards. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like something like you know Serge would do, for example. Um, it's uh, it's 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 fun watching these two guys. In any case, um, Precious has just been so tenacious going to the basket. And and one thing that's really impressive with him is I, I keep saying this, but every game I'm very impressed by him in the in the transition game because. I, th- I think, unlike other bigs, you can find Precious a lot earlier. Um, I think, um, and that's something that all the Raptors point guards are going to quickly learn, is that, like, okay, a lot of times when you're running the fast break, um, you don't want to find your big too early, right? Because he may not be able to handle the ball. He he might then have to take one or two dribbles. He might, you know, go into a charge. Like, you know, you talk about it all the time. Generally speaking, if you're going to want run a fast break, the, the, the last pass you want to make is to the center, and you want him to have that pass be made right when he's in the paint so he can just go in for a finish. Um, with Precious, he's he's so quick that he's ahead of the play usually anyway, but he's also a guy who can hand the ball and safely take one or two dribbles and then also find the angles or, or drive left or drive right. But, you know, it's not one of those things where you have to feed it to him on a silver platter. You, It's almost better to give him the ball earlier than, than later because he's then able to use his speed. He's able to sort of, not like Euro step, but like he's he's just strong. He's very quick. He's, he's, he's a good handler of the ball. Give him the ball early in transition. He can finish. I think it helps him get more opportunities that way. Cause again, that, that's just something that for a lot of bigs where if you can run the floor, that's, that's like five or six easy points a game. And, um, one thing I like from Precious today was also how he paired with Malachi at least three different times. Malachi set up pressures. Another time he set up pressures and he got to the free throw line. That is the one thing with him. Um, he has shot the free throws really poorly today. He was two for eight from the free throw line. Um, you know, other game, he was like one for five. So 
that is something of a weakness for Precious. But, I mean, he is a physical player. He gets inside the paint. And most importantly, though, he's a really good defensive player because, um, you know, the, the way the Raptors want to play is they want to pressure the ball at all times. It, it, you know, we'll see them pick up full court. We'll see them pick up from the half court. I mean, but at minimum, what we'll see the Raptors do is pressure guards and pressure everybody, pressure the ball anywhere within 30 feet of the basket. And we saw that in the last possession, right, where, where Book Knight got the switch on to Precious. Precious doesn't even give, doesn't actually back up a given space like most bigs do because they're always worried about the blow by. Then, you know, if the big's out there, then who's the one helping at the rim and all that stuff? A, well, first off, A, that, that's less of a worry when you have so many 6'9 forwards. It's not like, okay, you take your one rim protector out of the play, then there's nobody else at the rim. I mean, the Raptors have tons of guys who are seven foot wingspan guys who can be a presence at the rim. But Precious didn't even do that because he was able to trust that his foot speed was there and his strength was there to guard in the perimeter. That's huge. That is really huge because you really think back to last season and the way the Raptors wanted to guard and the fact that the Nick Nurse's defensive options at center were, were were Aaron Baines, who definitely couldn't move his feet, Alex Len, who definitely couldn't move his feet, and then Chris Boucher, who could move his feet but was just bodied out of the way because he was so thin, right? And Precious, you know, he's undersized too, but he's really strong, man. I mean, it, it, he bodies other people more than he gets bodied himself. I'll guarantee you that. Um, so, so that's been fun and, and, you know, he's just been, you know, he's just been very fun to watch throughout the course of summer league. I think him coming to the team has really shifted them into another gear. Um, it's pushed Freddie Gillespie to the bench and Freddie has really struggled in this, in this whole thing. But, um, yeah, precious on the other front though, he has taken every opportunity and I would be very surprised if he wasn't in the Raptors rotation from the get go. Cause he is that good. Um, other guys that I thought were interesting from this game, I thought Delano had a really nice start. He continues to make really good passes out of the pick and roll. And I'll say that he does make mistakes. Um, and, th- and that, that part of his game needs to sort of be reined in a little bit in terms of just like, you know, there was, there was like a sequence where he had back to back charges driving into the lane. Cause primarily he's going to drive. He's not going to shoot. We know the jumper is not really there. Um, he, he's from Toronto after all. So you really can't shoot. I mean, name me one good shooter from Toronto. Um, in any case, Delano is generally driving, uh, and he did have two sequences where he had back-to-back charges, where he missed the, the open shooters. The, the, the first play, he should have had Malachi Flynn open in the left corner, said he, he tried to take it to the basket, got the charge. Like, two plays after that, Delano gets the ball again, drives in the paint. He had um, Champagne open in the right corner. He didn't pass to him, and he got in for a charge, so... Of course, those are mistakes. Um, and, and there's one, his third turnover was like, he, he tried to drive baseline, committed himself to the drive. He was, you know, midair, the help was there. Then he tried to kick it to the corner, but the secondary help was there to sort of block off that pass to the corner. Probably should have picked it to the wing. But for the most part, Delano just makes good passes. And this is something that you can't really see necessarily in the assist total, because um, he's not going to have the ball all that much, even though he is a point guard. But um, when you see him run pick and rolls and stuff, like he makes the read very, very quickly. Um, and, and the fact that he's 6'9 does allow him to pretty much have coverage of he's not just like coming off the screen. And, you know, you'll see it sometimes in Malachi, for example. He comes off the screen. He's getting pressure to, let, let's say, the left side of the floor. The bigs are coming up on him. Then he has to sort of like, you know, if the big is pressuring up on him off the pick and roll, then he has to maybe throw a wraparound pass around that big. But what that needs him requires him to do is maybe take one or two extra dribbles or at least one or two extra steps to get around that big to create that angle. This one thing when you're 6'9 is just like you run the pick and roll, 
you know, regardless of how much pressure is on you necessarily, you have the, pretty much the entire scope of the court to pass to because you're not trying to fit passes underneath through gaps and all that stuff. You, I mean, there is still an element to that. That's, you know, passing, obviously, you know, you, you, there it takes some creativity and takes vision for sure. But I think Banton serves the floor really well, especially up, up top. He makes good passes in terms of the kickouts and stuff. It, it, it and again, the Raptors have not shot the three well. Like today, they were five of twenty six. Generally speaking, what, what Delano has been doing a good job of is kicking it out to three. And if guys aren't hitting, he's only going to have like two assists, like he did tonight. But I thought he played well. And I'm also generally impressed with his defense. I mean, three steals today. He had one play where he, I think, the first possession of the game, the Hornets drove into the corner. Delano was guarding the, the ball. And and quickly he he pressured him um, and trapped him on on the baseline with some help from I think Precious and uh, the ball was turned over. I mean, look, the first quarter, the Hornets only had eight points and they only had five points through the first nine minutes and fifty five seconds of that of that quarter. So uh, it was clearly a very impressive defensive display from the Raptors in the first quarter and at the end of the game, by the way, too. The Raptors held the Hornets. The first quarter, they held them to eight total points, three total baskets. And the last five minutes, they held Charlotte to one total basket. Um, so, clearly, when the Raptors had their starting lineup in, they were able to, you know, have their way defensively. Uh, and, and I think Delano has done a really good job of fitting into that scheme. He's really active. He's picking out passes. He's rebounding well, too. That's actually one thing which I, I really do think will be a really important thing for the Raptors this season is because they bulked up, because they've added more athletic guys, because they've... You know, got Precious, for example. They got Scotty. Um, they're just going to be a lot better rebounding the ball. And that's very important. I think the Raptors were like 28th or 29th in the league in rebounding percentage last year. like Or defensive rebounding percentage. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're, I think this team is going to rebound a lot better. Uh, in any case, though, um, I think Delano has, has played well. He got his guaranteed contract. And, um, yeah, very happy for him, man. Very happy for him. He's a very intriguing prospect. I still imagine he probably spends most time, uh, most of the year in the 905, but... He is, uh, you know, a guy who fits what the Raptors want. And then in terms of the other relevant players, um, I, I'm still pulling for Ish. Ish had some really nice plays defensively, as, as he has in all the games. This was probably his roughest game offensively. Uh, 0 for 6 on threes. And, I mean, wow. There were some... <laughs> sometimes an 0 for 6 is not an 0 for 6. Like, sometimes he had like a... How do I describe this? Like, Damari Carroll level bad misses. In terms of, like, he'll shoot the ball and it'll be, like, an air ball, but, like, long, uh, like, two, three feet. Or he had one where he was shooting out of the left corner and he hit the, the side of the backboard and, and you know, it, it banked off the glass. Like, I mean, I guess I've seen Paul George do that as well in key playoff moments. But in any case, not pretty uh, in some of these misses. He, he got in for an offensive rebound, tried to get the putback. He missed that as well. 1 for 10 is 1 for 10. And he had 3 turnovers. It's not good. But defensively, some real highlight plays. For example, 3-on-1 fast break for the Hornets. 3-on-1 fast break. It, and and Ish takes the charge. Amazing. Okay? That is an amazing, amazing defensive play. Uh, another play where the Hornets are throwing in a lob. Ish reads the lob as a help defender. Not even necessarily the guy guarding the big. Reads the play as a help defender, picks off the pass while jumping out of bounds, then mid-air, throws that pass back into play and keeps possession for the Raptors. Um, I mean, I guess you shouldn't be surprised that he's a tight end, uh, so you should be able to pick off passes and the footwork and everything like the coordination, but clearly, very, very nice defensive play there. Saved two points and also kept possession of the ball. Just just honestly, picking off the pass alone and landing out of bounds would have been a really good defensive play. To, to keep that inbounds, you know, takes it off over the top. 
And then another play where he was wrestling for the wrestling for the ball with Kai Jones, who's a center. And you know, I, I mean, even though Ish is shorter, I mean, he's definitely stronger than most guys. So he just ripped the ball away from him, and I think he kicked it ahead, and, and Scotty was able to get a transition done for his first basket of the game. So. Um, Ish still provided a lot of defense, and I think that's largely what's going to decide uh, whether he makes it. I mean, realistically, he's not going to be a guy. Like I said earlier, man, he's going to be a fifth option. He has got it banging his corner threes, and of course, that's got to be more consistent for him. Today, it wasn't there, but uh, he was still a positive player. He's a plus nine for the game today. So, um, yeah, there was a uh, look. I, I'm, it's been really fun watching the summer league games for sure. I think you know you don't overreact too much. Uh, which is funny from a guy who's now in minute 27 of, of, of a podcast about this supposedly meaningless game. But, uh, nah, it was fun, man. I think the, you know, the, Scotty, the Scotty highlights are definitely worth watching. The Precious highlights are worth watching. Malachi was good, too. You know, 15, 10, and 7 for Malachi it was really like a floor general for this team. And this is exactly what the Raptors have needed. Played some really good defense against... Um, Against Book Knight as well, because you know, as, as good as Book Knight was as a scorer, I mean, five of twelve for fourteen points with six turnovers. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's a pretty good defensive performance, all right. And I think Malachi deserves the bulk of credit for that. Although Precious did have the highlight stop at the end, uh, but just a good result from the Raptors. And I think they're playing more to their style. I love the way they showed um, compete. They didn't give up on this game. They didn't treat it lightly. They didn't play well in terms of their shooting. And the Hornets did shoot really well, 14 of 27. That's going to really swing this game. But the Raptors had two extended sequences, pretty much the entire first quarter and the entire second half of the fourth quarter. I mean, that's 15 out of the 25 minutes where the Hornets scored 10 total points. And it's not even about the points. It's just they couldn't even get shots up. And and, and that's where the Raptors really want to get to defensively as a group. So... That was really fun to watch. In terms of your three stars from this game, Scotty Barnes, obviously, is going to be your first star. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, 31 minutes, or 30 minutes, 10 of 18 shooting from the field, hit a 3, was 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Awesome, awesome game. Only only small complaint is that he picked up a bunch of fouls in the first quarter, or in the first half. Um, in, in summer league, it doesn't really matter. You had 10 fouls. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think most of those were fouls of aggression, which is... Uh, which is good. That's what you want to see. In terms of your second star, I'm giving that to Precious. 18 points, 6 rebounds, including 5 on the offensive end. A number of highlights, including putting a man on a poster, then pointing at him. 8 of 14 from the field. You know, the 2 of 8 from the free throw line, that needs to be worked on. A steal and a block. I mean, in all that in 24 minutes. <laughs> Precious is good. Precious is very good. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how he develops in the Raptors system. He really fits the way the Raptors want to play. And then your third star, I'm giving that to Malachi. 15 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, a block. 5 of 13 from the field. Uh, wasn't the greatest. Obviously shot a lot of threes. So that's going to bring his percentages down. But played a really good defensive game against uh, Book Knight, which was very important. He's obviously a very talented scorer. And, um, yeah, just a well-rounded game from your floor general. And that's what I want to see from Malachi. I don't really care, like, necessarily if he bangs in, like, 10 threes or something. Or, like, 10. Like, 5 threes or something like that. Like, that's cool to me. But And, and of course, he, he is called upon to generate a lot of tough baskets. But, really, what I want to see him do is play a good floor game like a point guard should. And he played a really good floor game today. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner from this game, um, I you know what? Just for the lols, I'm giving it to LiAngelo Ball. I think I really want to give it to JT Thor, but come on. How many chances are you going to give 
how many chances am I going to get to give the one of these awards to Leangelo Ball? Honestly, the crowd was super hyped for Leangelo. Every time he checked into the game, people were ch- you know were really getting excited before he came out. To, how do I describe this? It's like if like remember the Bruno game when Bruno was about to get his debut when the Raptors were up fifty points on the Bucks. Go look it up. It was like hundred and fifty, literally. Uh, the Raptors have owned the Bucks from this you know from from the get go. In any case. You know that that Bruno game, <laughs> this was like that. It wasn't as hype because there wasn't twenty thousand people in the stands, and we weren't fifty. But uh, people were excited for Leangelo, and seemed like he could really shoot. Um, apparently, according to Lavar, the best shooter of the three. Which you know, you you might make jokes. Okay, you know, those two guys aren't the greatest shooters. To be honest, all three guys are pretty good shooters, and and Leangelo definitely seemed like he could shoot. Didn't really contribute elsewhere defensively or anything like that. Um, handling the ball, creating anything, but seemed like he could shoot. So, and the crowd loved him. So, Leangelo Ball is going to get the Joe Henderson Award winner. What a world. So, that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's been really fun covering Summer League. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing more of Scotty Barnes and more Precious Achua. You know, I was honestly hoping for overtime. I really do want to see more of this group. It's been really fun to watch. But I'm happy they got the win. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, um, yeah, I think I'll have another podcast coming out this weekend or on Monday. And beyond that, I'm not totally sure. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 